Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of It's Football, Not Soccer, a podcast dedicated to the beautiful game. Once again, this is your host, Daniel Cervantes, and I'm happy to bring you some updates from the wonderful realm of association football. This is part two of the November-December 2023 Women's International Break Super Special, which means we'll be recapping a good bit of international matches alongside some league matches that have given us some upsets and some exciting results. Today we will be covering Liga MX's quarterfinals and semifinals, the end of the Liga de Expansión MX's Apertura playoffs, the Bundesliga match days 13 and 14, the two Bundesligas match days 15 and 16, the DFB Pokal round of 16, the Frauen Bundesliga match day 9, the debut of the English Premier League, and then of course the CONCACAF Women's Gold Cup and the UEFA Women's Nations League. To say the least, we have yet another beefy episode, so we might as well get right into it. Starting off with the top flight of Mexican men's football, we're looking at La Liga MX Apertura. So this past Saturday, we had ourselves the second leg matchups for the quarterfinals, and we were not disappointed. To open it up, América picked up a nice 2-0 victory at home over León to advance to the semifinals on a 4-2 aggregate. Both goals were scored in the second half as Julian Quiñones converted a penalty in the 61st and Henry Martin put in the dagger in the 89th minute to please the home crowd at the Estadio Azteca. In the second match of the day, Monterrey and San Luis picked up a one-all draw with San Luis moving on thanks to a close 2-1 aggregate the upset as a result. Rogelio Funes Mori opened it up for Monterrey in the 8th minute. However, is the equalizer by Vitinho for San Luis in the 49th that proved to be the dagger for Rayados, and so they are going packing into the winter break earlier than they would have hoped. On Sunday, both matches were significantly more lopsided. Uh, this opened up with Pumas, the UNAM handily defeating Chivas de Guadalajara at home 3-0 to advance on the 3-1 aggregate. Pretty much this game was not going well for Chivas from the start, as Antonio Briseño's own goal in the 15th minute really set the tone. And then three minutes later, Cesar Huerta converted a penalty for Pumas, and you could pretty much, you know, the momentum was clearly on Pumas' side. So by the time you got to the 64th minute, when Gabriel Fernandez put in that last goal, the game was pretty much over. So in the final match, though, the quarterfinals, Tigres, they also picked up yet another 3-0 home victory, this time over Puebla, to advance on a much more comfortable 5-2 aggregate. Andre Pierre Guignac led the team with a brace as he scored in the 9th and 33rd minutes, the second one being a penalty. In the 72nd, Nicolas Ibanez put in the dagger at the very end of the match, and then tensions flared as Gabriel Carabajal was shown the red card in the 90th minute for Puebla, and so that means that will probably come with him missing the first match of the clausura next um, well, this kind in this coming spring. So either way, a very, very exciting weekend full of games. Some pretty expected results, but also, again, San Luis upsetting Monterrey. I don't think a lot of us had that on our bingo cards. 
Looking ahead, though, we actually already are in the midst of the semifinals. They actually opened up on Wednesday night as America, my team, flat out dominated San Luis on the road 5-0 to take a very hefty advantage back home to the Azteca in the second leg. Diego Valdez and Julian Quinones both picked up a brace, while Henry Martin picked up a goal for himself en route to such a major lopsided victory. Last night, the second match of the first leg wrapped up with a nice 1-0 victory for Tigres over Pumas. It was a very even match, but then 63rd minute, Pumas went down a man because Santiago Trigos picked up a red card. And then with that one-man advantage, Tigres, they took advantage. 74th minute, 74th minute, Jesus Angulo put in what was effectively the game winner. And so now Tigres to carry themselves a narrow advantage, heading back home to Nuevo León. So the Apertura semifinals will continue tomorrow. We have América hosting San Luis for the second leg. That match will kick off at 7 o'clock at night here, Mountain Standard Time. And then on Sunday night, we will see the conclusion with Tigres hosting Pumas in their second leg, also kicking off at 7 p.m. Afterwards, we then get to turn our attention toward the final two matches and see who will play for the 2023 Apertura crown. Moving now to the second level of Mexican football, La Liga de Expansión MX. And well, after quite the long bit of fighting, we now know who our 2023 Apertura champions are. So on Sunday afternoon, the only game left in this half of the season, second leg of the finals went down and ultimately Cancun found themselves the champions after picking up a very comfortable 3-0 victory in front of their home crowd. So... Jake Traore picked up a brace in this match. The man from Burkina Faso really contributing for his team here as his goals in the 9th and 77th minute really helped take Cancun across the finish line against Atlante. Raul Castillo also picked up a goal for himself in the 15th, just helping to add to that handy victory. As a result, Las Iguanas find themselves league champions for the first time in their short existence dating back to 2020. Congratulations to Cancun, and now in a couple of months' time, we will get to see whether or not they can defend their crown. Either way, we now have reached the end. We've reached the winter break here for the second level of Mexican men's football. That's been a very exciting half of the season. I definitely am looking forward to the next half, the 2024 clausura, and see what goes on there. But once again, major congratulations to Cancun and commiserations to Atlante for making it to the finals. It's always a bit of a feat just to do that. And so with that... The second level of Mexican football has wrapped up for the 2023 calendar year. With that, we then can move on to German football, talking the Bundesliga. So last weekend gave us yet another exciting match day of football opening up on Friday, which we mentioned briefly because there was a match in progress. That ended up becoming a 1-0 victory on the road for Köln against Darmstadt in that primetime matchup. Saturday's matches got into an interesting start as the match between Bayern Munich and Union Berlin was actually postponed due to heavy snow. Not very often you see that, but unfortunately that game was postponed. That new match will now be made up on the 24th of January, so oh, well over a month before both of these teams get to play it. And while that's big because now Bayern Munich have a game in hand on Bayer Leverkusen for the standings, which you know... Obviously, right now, could play some roles, but, you know, later on in the season, especially, who knows where that can play a major factor. Because right now, the game in hand 
keeps Bayern at the same spot they've been and allows, you know, gives them a little bit of room to work with to assault the top of the table. But of course, that was just a bit of a surprise seeing that one postponed due to snow. As for the remaining matches of Saturday, we saw Borussia Mönchengladbach narrowly defeat Hoffenheim at home 2-1. Red Bulls Leipzig then picked up the exact same result at home against Heidenheim. Bochum defeated Wolfsburg at home 3-1. Stuttgart then defeated Werder Bremen at home 2-0 to wrap up the Saturday slate. On Sunday, Freiburg narrowly defeated Mainz on the road 1-0. Augsburg nearly defeated Frankfurt at home 2-1, and my game of the match day that I called last week between Bayer Leverkusen and Borussia Dortmund did live up to the hype in my opinion. And in a one-all draw, which, you know, obviously some of us, you know, we, you know, a draw is not always the best result, but honestly, it was probably the best result considering the game on hand. You know, it had major table implications. Dortmund came out firing. They scored early with Julian Ryerson in just the fifth minute of the game. And then, you know, Florian Wirtz, he thought he had the equalizer for Leverkusen in the second minute of the first half stoppage. Unfortunately, ruled offside, a quick VAR check revealed that the goal was not going to stand. And then, however, after a lot of prodding, a lot of effort, 79th minute, Victor Boniface was able to pick up the goal in order to allow Bayer Leverkusen to squeak out one point from a very, very crucial matchup. So as a result of the draw and Bayern's match being delayed due to the snow, Leverkusen remain on top of the table because, um, again, you know, had they drawn... Bayern would, if I'm being honest, Bayern would have probably beaten Union Berlin and then they would have jumped to the top of the table because of goal differential. So pretty big matchup. And so Leverkusen at least being able to squeak out a point from a game that, you know, starting from the beginning, looked like it was going to be all Dortmund's way. It was big, big, big. And so now we look ahead at match day 14 and actually we've already started. So today, Match day 14's primetime game was Hoffenheim hosting Bauckham, which ended in a nice 3-1 victory for Hoffenheim at home. Tomorrow, we're going to see Frankfurt versus Bayern, Heidenheim versus Darmstadt, Union Berlin versus Borussia Mönchengladbach, Werder Bremen versus Augsburg, and Wolfsburg versus Freiburg in that early 7.30 in the morning slot. Then the prime time game will be Borussia Dortmund versus Leipzig at 10.30 in the morning Mountain Standard Time. On Sunday, we're going to see a doubleheader. It'll be Stuttgart versus Leverkusen at 7.30 in the morning. And then Köln versus Mainz as the 9.30 prime time game. Without a doubt, my game of the match day will have to be the match between Stuttgart and Leverkusen, as is the battle between the teams currently sitting in third and first place in the table. And again just like last week, can have a very major impact on the table as a result. So I definitely keep an, I definitely recommend keeping an eye on this matchup. And so with that, we now move down to the second level of men's football in Germany, the two Bundesliga. Match day 15 was well underway during last week's recording. And so that doubleheader that happened on Friday ended with Schalke blowing out Osnabrück at home 4-0. And then the Hamburg Derby my prime, my game of the week, ending in a 2-all draw. St. Pauli was actually on top early. They took a 2-0 lead on a goal by Jackson Irvine in the 15th, and then Daniel Hoyer Fernandez scoring an own goal for Hamburg in the 27th. But Hamburger, they fought well. 
They clawed back because you had a goal from Robert Glatzel and Emmanuel Ferrari scoring in the 58th and 60th minutes, respectively. You tied the game and ultimately ended up in an exciting draw, both teams splitting points in such a long and storied rivalry game. So, you know, if you're fans of both of those teams, you know, you obviously would have wanted your teams to get, you would have wanted your team to come out with all three points. However, ending in a draw in such a historic rivalry, in such a tense rivalry, you know, it creates such good entertainment for everyone else. And also, you know, for those involved. And so on Saturday, the match day did continue. We saw Dusseldorf blow out Nuremberg on the road 5-0. Not even a close one there. Greuther Firth narrowly defeated Braun Eintracht Braunschweig on the road 1-0. Holstein Kiel narrowly defeated Vin Wiesbaden at home 3-2. Magdeburg handily defeated Kaiserslautern at home 4-1. And then on Sunday, we saw the match day wrap up with Hertha Berlin dominating Elversburg at home 5-1, Karlsruhe and Hansa Rostock ending in a 2-all draw, and then Paderborn narrowly defeating Hanover at home 1-0. So now we look ahead at match day 16, and well, well, for context, this is being recorded right now at this very second, 3 o'clock in the afternoon here in the Mountain Standard Time Zone. And well, this match, the matches earlier today, we saw... Hanover take on Karlsruhe, which ended in a 2-all draw, and then Ven Wiesbaden versus Braunschweig ending in a 3-1 victory in favor of Braunschweig on the road. So that match day already fully in full progress. So tomorrow we're going to see Kaiserslautern versus Hertha Berlin, and Greuther Firth versus Magdeburg, and finally Hamburger versus Paderborn as the very early 5 in the morning slot games. And finally, the primetime game for tomorrow will be Osnabrück versus St. Pauli at 12.30 in the afternoon. On Sunday, we're going to see the match day wrap-up with Elversburg versus Nuremberg, Dusseldorf versus Holstein Kiel, and Hansa Rostock versus Schalke, all at 5.30 in the morning. My game of the match day, I'm going to have to say it's going to be the match between Dusseldorf and Holstein Kiel, because currently it is a key battle between 4th and 2nd place with only 2 points splitting both teams. While it is early, it could still be a key match in determining who's going to make it to the top flight because in the two Bundesliga, this is actually one of the nifty parts about German football, um, the top two teams automatically will get promoted. The third place team will have to play against the team that sits in third to last to see whether or not they get promoted to the Bundesliga. And so obviously for both of these teams, Dusseldorf and Holstein Kiel, they both want to be in those top two spots get that automatic relegation at the end of the season instead of having to hopefully try and take down whoever is third to last in the top flight. So either way, very early, but again, these top top of the table matchups usually tend to be quite the fun ones. Moving on now, I mentioned last week that there was a lot of FA Cup action going on, Football Association Cups, the chaos that is allowing teams from all different levels of association football within a country to fight each other in a maelstrom. And so, well, since I am covering German football, I am going to, of course, cover the DFB Pokal, which is the Football Association Cup there in Germany and allows for a lot of chaotic games. And, well, the, the straight fact was these games are happening in the very middle of the week. So it's a very busy week for German football squads. And... With another round of the DFB Pokal, we got ourselves some more exciting results. So on Tuesday, we had Kaiserslautern defeat Nuremberg at home 2-0. A little bit of deja vu. 
Dusseldorf then defeated Magdeburg on the road 2-1 to advance. Borussia Mönchengladbach narrowly defeated Wolfsburg at home 1-0 in extra time. It took a little bit of extra time just in order to determine the victor. And then St. Pauli defeated Hamburg on the road handily 4-1 to advance to the quarterfinals. On Wednesday, we had Leverkusen, my favorite team, defeat Paderborn at home 3-1, pretty comfortable. And then this was honestly the best result from this week. We saw Saarbrücken, who currently play in the third level of German football, the three Liga, upset Eintracht Frankfurt, a team in the top level, at home 2-0. A big, big victory for Saarbrücken as they continue pretty much the Cinderella run of the DFB Pokal. After that matchup, we saw Hertha Berlin defeat Hamburger at home in penalties 5-3 after the game ended in a 3-all draw. A very exciting game that ultimately came out with Hertha Berlin on top. And then finally, we saw Stuttgart knock off Borussia Dortmund at home 2-0 in order to advance to the quarterfinals. And so with all these matches in the books, we have to wait for the quarterfinal draw. We have to wait to see who's going to be hosting who. All that chaos. And especially it's so intriguing because, again, Saarbrücken, they're coming off of a major upset of a top-level team, a team that is in the third level of German football. And then also, you know, major props to Hamburg because they're actually a team from the Regionliga, which is the fourth level of German football. The fact that they even got to the round of 16 deserves a lot of commiserations. And so, honestly... I'm very interested to see how far Saarbrücken can go. How long will the Cinderella run go? You know, of course, I'm I'm a Leverkusen fan, so I'm hoping, of course, my team can win the DFB Pokal. But I always love me a good little narrative and Saarbrücken story. We'll have to see how it goes. But ultimately, that will have to wait a little bit for once the quarterfinal draw finally happens. But either way, a very, very fun and chaotic round of DFB Pokal ball. And so now we move on to... The Women's League, the Frauen Bundesliga, they finally return after a couple of weeks off for the international break with match day nine this weekend. Well, it already kicked off earlier today. Red Bulls Leipzig and the Nuremberg ended in a scoreless draw earlier today. So not the most exciting way to bring back your games after a quick break. However, tomorrow we're going to see the action continue as Essen will host Freiburg at 4 in the morning, because it's very early, and then Köln hosting Wolfsburg at 6 a.m. On Sunday, we're going to see Eintracht Frankfurt playing Hoffenheim at 6 in the morning, and Duisburg playing Werder Bremen at 10.30. Finally, on Monday, the match day will wrap up, with Bayern Munich taking on Bayer Leverkusen at 11.30 in the morning. I can only hope my team can do good, but... Uh, Bayern is currently the top of the table by a decent bit. My game of the match day is actually going to be a very peculiar one. I'm going to call, well, it already happened today. It was the match between Leipzig and Nuremberg. The reason? Leipzig sit in 10th place, um, and Nuremberg sit in 11th, which in the Frauen Bundesliga, the bottom two teams, which is 11th and 12th, get automatically relegated at the end of the year. And so I was like, you know what? These relegation battles tend to usually be the most exciting, tend to be pretty exciting in their own right. Because after all, you have two teams fighting to avoid getting relegated. Um, but, you know, they still have two points separating them after today because both teams get a point out of the draw. So a little funny. My, my match day of the game, my game of the match day has already happened. Um, it 
it's just kind of the way it goes with the recordings on Fridays. Just kind of how it goes, but I still like my Friday time nonetheless. Either way, though, was a good match. Both teams are still in the exact same place as where they started two points away with Nuremberg trying their hardest to get back out of the relegation threat. And so now we move on to the English Premier League, the debut of the English Premier League here on It's Football, Not Soccer. I'm doing just the English Premier League in this episode, just kind of how similar how I did the Bundesliga in the part two of the Men's International Break Super Special. I'm just going to introduce the English Premier League. Next episode, I'm going to include, of course, the English Championship, the second level, as well as the English Women's Super League, the top flight of women's football there. But for this episode, just the English Premier League, which honestly I'm happy for because of the fact that it was a very busy week. Just has, you know, just as how Germany had the DFB Pokal, you know, England, the Premier League just had three has three match days happening in one week. Match day 14 was over the last weekend. Match day 15 was during the week. And match day 16 is this coming weekend. So first of all, let's get started with match day 14, which kicked off on Saturday, where we saw Arsenal narrowly defeat Wolverhampton, or Wolves, my favorite team in the English Premier League, a team that is brutally mediocre. Either way, Arsenal narrowly got the win at home 2-1, which, you know, they were playing with fire a little bit, surprisingly. Brentford then defeated Luton Town at home 3-1. Burnley blew out Sheffield United at home 5-0. Everton narrowly defeated Nottingham Forest on the road 1-0. And Newcastle United picked up the same result at home over Manchester United. On Sunday, we had Bournemouth and Aston Villa ending in a 2-all draw. Chelsea narrowly defeating Brighton and Hove Albion at home 3-2. Liverpool narrowly defeating Fulham at home 4-3 in quite the shootout, honestly. West Ham United earning a one-all draw with Crystal Palace. And then Manchester City picking up a very exciting three-all draw with Tottenham Hotspurs or well Spurs. Match day 15, which was the midweek match day, actually kicked off on Tuesday. How did it kick off? Me kind of being in agony because Wolves barely beat Burnley, who are very low in the table and relegation threat at home, 1-0. Peak Wolves ball. <laughs> we can we can beat teams that are bad that we can't beat teams that are bad in convincing fashion, but we will randomly upset a good team. Nothing makes sense. Either way, the other match of Tuesday was Arsenal picking up another narrow victory, this time to Luton Town, another team in the relegation threat, in a 4-3 shootout. Not exactly the most affirming thing for Arsenal fans to look at, considering you would think you would try to blow out a team that is at the bottom of the table and you're at the top, but these midweek matchups create such chaotic, chaotic results. And so, upset barely avoided. On Wednesday, we saw Brighton narrowly defeat Brentford at home 2-1, Bournemouth defeat Crystal Palace on the road 2-0, Fulham blow out Nottingham Forest at home 5-0, Liverpool defeat Sheffield United on the road 2-0, and Aston Villa narrowly upset Manchester City at home 1-0 as well, as Manchester United narrowly defeating Chelsea at home 2-1. Yesterday, to wrap up this midweek match day, we saw Everton handily upset Newcastle United at home 3-0, and then West Ham United narrowly upsetting Spurs on the road 2-1, back-to-back, upsets to wrap up match day 15 and honestly i am 100 here for it match day 16 will kick off tomorrow we get a little bit of a break 
We're going to see Crystal Palace take on Liverpool at 5.30 in the morning, Mountain Standard Time. We'll then see Brighton play Burnley, Manchester United versus Bournemouth, Sheffield United versus Brentford, and Wolves versus Nottingham Forest in the 8 a.m. slot, with Aston Villa and Arsenal wrapping it up in the 10.30 prime time slot. On Sunday, we're going to see Everton versus Chelsea, Fulham versus West Ham United, and Luton Town versus Manchester City at 7 in the morning. And then finally, the primetime game, Spurs versus Newcastle at 9.30. My match of the match day, Aston Villa-Arsenal. The battle between the teams that are currently third and first in the table with only a four-point gap between them. Very close. And honestly, this game is going to mean a lot to both of those teams, but also Liverpool, who are currently sitting in second because, after all, any way they can try to sneak their ways into first place you know Liverpool is watching for it. And so, got some good games coming up this weekend in the English Premier League. And once again, they'll be staying with us as the show continues for this winter break. Either way, good stuff, good stuff coming on, but we'll see what happens in next week's episode. And with that, we're going to move on now to finally the women's international break, the recapping of a lot of chaos, to be honest. Starting off with the CONCACAF Women's Gold Cup. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of chaos already to unpack here. Last Friday, we had matches that came on after my recording wrapped up. What we saw last Friday was St. Lucia dominating Guadalupe at home 5-1. The Dominican Republic blew out Barbados on the road 7-1. Bermuda won 3-0 on a forfeit against St. Vincent and the Grenadines. So St. Vincent forfeited the match to Bermuda. And then Mexico handily defeated Puerto Rico on the road, 3-0. The window then resumed on Sunday, where we're starting to see um, some scores get a little absurd here. So on Sunday, we saw Martinique handily defeat Honduras on the road, 4-1. Pretty standard. Guyana pick up a handy defeat at home against Antigua and Barbuda, 3-0. Again, nothing out of the ordinary. El Salvador defeated Nicaragua at home, 4-1. We're looking good. Granada defeated the U.S. Virgin Islands on the road, 2-0. Guatemala and Jamaica ended in a one-all draw. And then finally, to wrap up the day, Suriname casually destroyed Dominica at home, 11-0. That, that hurts. 11 goals surrendered by Dominica. The agony is real. On Monday... We had more chaos continue, honestly. So we had Belize narrowly defeat Aruba on the road 1-0. Bonaire defeated the Turks and Caicos Islands on the road 2-0. Costa Rica just casually dropped 19 goals on St. Kitts and Nevis on the road while also picking up the shutout. A 19-0 shutout road victory. That is domination right there. Rest in peace, St. Kitts and Nevis, because, wow, I don't know how you recover from a result like that. That is, you know, if you've ever watched the NFL this season, National Football League, that's like when the Dolphins completely destroyed the Broncos, 70-20. to 20. That's, that's what that is. 19 goals. That's rough. That's, that's incredibly rough. But, yeah, good job, Costa Rica. No mercy, evidently. But course continuing on the final game of monday was significantly more more chill 
Curaçao, they just blew out the Cayman Islands at home 6-1. And so on Tuesday, wrapping up the window, we saw ourselves get some solid results going in. We had St. Vincent and the Grenadines. They picked up a victory at home over Barbados, 4-2. Cuba, they defeated St. Lucie at home, 4-1, a pretty handy one. The Dominican Republic then defeated Bermuda at home, 2-0. And to wrap it all up, Mexico nearly defeated Trinidad-Tobago on the road, 1-0. And so now we're going to look at how the groups stand as a result of all of these games. So, Mexico currently leads League A Group A by a pretty much a mile over Puerto Rico and Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago. Panama leads Group B over Guatemala and Jamaica. And then Costa Rica is actually tied with Haiti for the lead on points in Group C, but are currently ahead on goal differential. And then St. Kitts and Nevis are currently in pure agony because they have not scored a single point and have a negative 54 goal differential. It just gets worse the more you look at it. Sorry, St. Kitts and Nevis, it's safe to say you are getting relegated to League B at the end of this cycle. Speaking of League B, looking at Group A, it is currently led by Guyana, who have a three-point advantage over Suriname, and then Antigua and Barbuda and Dominica are currently tied on points with the former head-on goal differential. El Salvador then leads Group B by a hefty margin, as Honduras sits in last just a point back from Nicaragua. In Group C, the Dominican Republic leads by two points over Bermuda, with St. Vincent and the Grenadines in the relegation place one point back from Barbados. Dropping down into League C, Belize currently leads Group A by quite a distance. Cuba leads Group B very comfortably. Grenada leads Group C very comfortably. And then Curaçao currently leads Group D by a hefty margin. It's very much chaos down there in League C. And so with that... You know, we'll see what happens in the next round of games for the Women's Gold Cup, but we're getting closer and closer to the actual brackets, and of course, seeing who's going to hang on in each respective league is wow. We've had some pretty wacky results. Of course, gotta mention, the U.S. Women's National Team, they were not playing in these matches because they have a bye effectively through, because they won the last Gold Cup. And so, what they did during this break was play host to China back-to-back games, So their first game was on Saturday, and the U.S. won comfortably, 3-0. And then on Tuesday, it was a closer game, 2-1. Again, both matches at home for the United States. And that wraps up the CONCACAF set of games in the women's international break. Moving on now to the UEFA Women's Nations League. This one's just pure chaos. During last week's recording, we had multiple matches in progress. Ultimately, from those games, we saw Northern Ireland blow out Albania on the road 4-0. Croatia defeat Slovakia at home 2-0. Poland narrowly defeat Ukraine on the road 1-0. Slovenia, narrow victory against Bosnia and Herzegovina at home 2-1. Azerbaijan, narrow road victory over Cyprus. Afterwards, because there were still more games last Friday, Norway blew out Portugal at home 4-0, which honestly surprised me. Switzerland... Narrowly defeated Sweden at home 1-0. Iceland narrowly defeated Wales on the road 2-1. Belgium and Scotland, 1-1 draw. Germany, handy victory at home over Denmark 3-0. Ireland, close one at home over Hungary 1-0. England, in what was the game of the day, very close win at home over the Netherlands 3-2. France, you know, they handled their business against Austria at home 3-0. 
And then Italy, also a very good game, a close 3-2 road victory over the reigning World Cup champions, Spain. Sunday, we actually had two games. It was originally going to be one, but the match between Czechia and Belarus was actually postponed today. Ultimately, Czechia picked up the win 1-0 at home, and then Israel blew out Armenia at home 6-1. Tough scene. On a very, and I mean very busy Tuesday, we saw a lot of games. So we had Andorra-Moldova, scoreless draw. Malta, 2-1 win at home over Latvia. Luxembourg and Lithuania, 1-1 draw. Turkey at home, victorious over Georgia, 2-0. Azerbaijan, barely won at home, 3-1 over the Faroe Islands. Well, not 3-1, 1-0 over the Faroe Islands. Montenegro, 2-0 victory over Cyprus at home. Israel, handy 4-1 home win over Estonia. Kazakhstan then picked up the same kind of tally at home over Armenia. Bulgaria ended in a 2-all draw with North Macedonia. Italy defeated Switzerland at home 3-0. Spain also got into another very exciting game, beating Sweden at home 5-3. Honestly, that was a really good one. Hungary, 6-0 demolition of Albania at home. Ireland then blew out Northern Ireland on the road 6-1, which... Sure, the Irish were very happy for that result. Let's see, Croatia, 1-0 road win over Romania. Slovakia and Finland, a 2-2 draw. Poland, 2-0 victory over Greece at home. Ukraine, 1-0 victory on the road over Serbia. Bosnia and Herzegovina, 1-0 road vic- home victory over Belarus. Czechia, a blowout of Slovenia at home for 0 Austria, 2-1 win at home over Norway. France, very close win on the road over Portugal, 1-0 barely. Iceland, also 1-0 victory on the road against Denmark. Wales and Germany ended in a scoreless draw. The Netherlands completely destroyed the Belgians at home, 4-0. And then England asserted dominance over Scotland once again with a 6-0 road win. Again, a very, very chaotic window. There were so So many games all lopped into one day. And, you know, it doesn't tell the full picture, but a lot of these games were happening at the exact same time, too. It was the epitome of pure chaos. But, hey, the more chaos there is, the more to be enjoyed by us at home watching as we see our teams, our national teams, either win or get absolutely blown out. It's chaos, and I love it. Regardless... After such a chaotic Tuesday, let's take a look at how the standings are actually chilling right now. So starting off in League A, Group 1. It is actually the Netherlands and England tied for the top spot, the championship playoff spot, on points with the Dutch ahead on goal differential. Belgium then sits in the relegation playoff spot of third place. And then Scotland are currently sitting in the auto relegation spot, just kind of uh, kind of not much to do. Group 2, France actually have a pretty good lead on the group, with Norway and Portugal currently sitting in the respective relegation places, only two points separating them. Germany then leads Group 3 by just a singular point, with Iceland and Wales sitting in the relegation point, relegation spot. Iceland is just three points behind Denmark, though, so they have a chance to get out. Group 4, it is Spain on top of the table, moving on if it 
moving on as a result with Switzerland and Sweden in the respective danger zones. Actually, Sweden is in the playoff spot, Switzerland in the relegation spot. Sweden, three points behind second place Italy. Moving down to group to League B, Group 1, it is Ireland sitting in the auto-promotion spot, with Hungary in the promotion playoff spot, just a single point ahead of Northern Ireland. Albania then sits in the solitary and lonely relegation spot. Finland then leads Group 2 by a pretty hefty margin, with Croatia in second by a singular point over Slovakia and Romania in the relegation place. Uh, Group 3, Poland is leading with Serbia in second, the key playoff spot, and then Greece in last with a three-point gap behind Ukraine. In Group 4, it is Czechia leading with two points over Bosnia and Herzegovina, and then Belarus sits in the relegation spot. Looking at League C, Group 1, it is Malta leading the charge by a good hefty bit. Group 2, it is led by Turkey, Azerbaijan leads Group 3, Israel leads 4, and Kosovo leads group five. So with these standings in mind, we're really starting to get a good idea about how the tables will change in the next rotation of the Women's uh, Nations League, who's going to be moving up, who's going to be coming down. And also, we're starting to get a really good idea of how the bracket is going to start to come together for the League A Championship playoff to, of course, determine who will be the European champion for the, so for the, you know, the coming years, you know, until the next major, until Women's Euro comes around, and then that gives us another round of intense chaos. Or, you know, it's been a very chaotic time. Um, but, yeah, so many games, and the standings are all over the place, but we've had some good ones. But, my gosh, so many games on Tuesday. What was even going on? Those schedulers must have had a fun time. And so... As we get to wrapping up this week of this episode of It's Football Not Soccer, I'd like to first of all start with thanking all of y'all for listening once again. Again, it's been such an exciting week, and next week is going to be another exciting week of football again, too. Um, You know, the last of the 2023 international breaks is over, so for this calendar year, we are done with international football. Woohoo! Then January is going to throw back at us some more chaos, if I do believe I am correct. And so that means for the rest of this calendar year, we can focus on the league play. Mexico, almost done. Like, it's it, we're almost there. We're, we're in the semifinals, and the finals will probably wrap up. Let's see if the semifinals wrap up this weekend. The finals are going to definitely kick off on, like, I don't know, next Wednesday or something. And, yeah. So by the episode of the 22nd, we would be finally done with Mexican football for this half of the (laughs) calendar year, for this half of the season. A little while, it's taken so long, and here I was thinking, wow, MLS playoffs take forever. My gosh, wow, Mexican top flight has taken a long time with it, my goodness. By the way, we're almost there in that regard, and then, you know, we're going to be riding alongside with Germany and England as they continue their league play and all the chaos that that entails. Um, being completely transparent, it is final season where I am at. It's going to be a very interesting time, you know, winter break and all that good stuff. So we're going to keep an eye out how things might change. Obviously, the holidays being so close to us means... We're going to get some more chaotic games, too. You know, there's, like, the English, like, there's, like, a couple games on New Year's Eve. There's the Christmas Eve games. It's all over the place. So we're going to see how those league schedules get a little funky. Same with my own. 
thinking, you know, next week's episode, nah, we're going to be doing just fine here. We're going to keep on trucking. The episode for the 22nd might be a little funky, may or may not. We shall see. Depends on how the situation is ever evolving. And then I think, honestly, with the 22nd, the biggest change would be just recording, maybe on a different day due to holiday travel, to say the least. However, you know, the 29th, I think we should be back in order, running and chugging and hopefully making sure this does go live at 5.30 Mountain Standard Time because I will be in the Pacific Time Zone and it is no longer the same because Daylight Savings Time is over. So we'll see what happens. I sense we'll be able to keep this trucking on fine. But once again, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. I'll keep you all posted. But, you know, enjoy the football to come. You know, this is the end of part two of the November-December 2023 Women's International Break Super Special. Again, enjoy all that football, and I will see you all in next week's episode. This has been It's Football, Not Soccer, with your host, Daniel Cervantes.